Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, our pop culture roundup and traders and Southern hospitality recaps for the week. We have so much to talk about. I've been looking at this week and I'm like, damn, the last few weeks have been pretty dry with the pop culture news because I'm like already exhausted with the amount of stuff that we have to talk about today. All of these are just like, oh my God, help us all help us all. A lot of this is just like people in battle with other people. I find that energetically there tends to be a theme every week of some fuck shit where, you know, there just seems to be a a vibe, an energy in the air where similar things happen and they're different, but the same. The energy is the same. So we really got to get into it. But before we get into that, we got to talk about a couple of other podcasts that I were on, I were on, I was on recently. So first of all, you can check me out on Zell Brooks, Who Asked Me podcast we were on. I was on last week, last Friday, and we talked Salt Lake, what's going on with Danielle and Joe Bradley from Southern Hospitality, and many other Bravo things. So definitely check that out. And last Monday, I was also on the We Love to Hate podcast slash YouTube. They had a live stream wrapping up the latest season of Sister Wives. So you can head over to We Love to Hate. It's a podcast. Or you can head over to their YouTube channel at We Love to Hate Everything and uh, check it out. I'm like the first guest that I was lucky to be the opener. And uh, yeah, we talked uh, great things. I wore Janelle's... um, uh, not pashmina, her her long cardigan. Okay, 
<laughs> and uh, in in, in uh, honor of the moment. So yeah, check that out. Check it out. And also was on Liz Bentley's podcast. Uh, Liz explains it all. <laughs> I really got to just talk slower, Kara. No, it's not a race. Okay, just talk slower. But we talked about Chloe and Lamar's wedding special. As you guys know, I'm like a Kardashian scholar, especially the Chloe and Lamar era. So check that out. That was a really fun conversation. Um, that's her Patreon. And if you want to check out my Patreon this week in honor of Vanderpump Rules return, we took it all the way back to season one, episode one, the series premiere. And by we, I mean me and Princess of By Pumpkin Podcast. So that'll be out on Wednesday. Most of my Patreons are up on Wednesdays, but they're usually up Wednesday, Friday at the latest. But yeah, check out patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. You're not going to see any of the content there, but I guarantee you, you get an episode every week. I promise. Okay. And it's only $5 a month. So, you know, I think that's pretty economically sound in these, in these very trying times. Um, but if it's not, you want to spend your coin somewhere else, just follow me on Instagram at everyone's business, but mine, I'm going to stop plugging merch is coming soon. Hopefully. <laughs> I just like, like to say just very quickly at this point, I'm not the one who's the hold up at this point, but that's okay. That's okay. We're, we're, we're chugging along here. We're chugging along and we're getting very close and the, the designs I'm like so excited about, and I hope that you like them as well. We got a few dropping and maybe a couple coming after that, maybe for the summer. I don't know. But I'm trying to like get stuff out to you. I'm trying not to be charade because at this point it is kind of given September, spring, summer. And I, and I hear, I feel that myself. So it's, it's coming. It's coming. Okay. Let's get into the actual episode. Cause like I said, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to get our girl of the week out of the way real quick. Cause like, I don't even know what else to say other than what happened. The girl of the week, I know you're thinking might be a certain rap artist. <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you right now, um, that lady went way far and above what a girl would be for the week. I try to usually keep it pretty like petty shit and she went too far. So we're going to have to talk about her later. This one is actually going to another female rapper, or uh, she says she's got a song, Krishan Rock. I try not to talk about Krishan and Blueface because I feel like inherently they're cursed. And I already talk about so much other bullshit on this podcast. Like, y'all don't need any more bad vibes than I'm already putting out. However, it has come to my attention that Krishan, who if I'm to understand correctly, helped along with his baby mama put Blueface in jail for the next several months, if I'm uh, correct in this, has now posted on Instagram a a tattoo of this man's face, looks like a mugshot picture, on her cheek, on like seemingly all over her right cheek. And so with that, we're just going to move on because you know, some people at some point you just got to stop screaming and you just got to put them, put their name in a bottle and push it out to sea. And that's what I'm just going to do. Okay. I, I wrote it down and I threw it in the river and I just like, I don't want to, 
and I'm not going to, okay? Kendrick from Reality and Comics 2, shout out to him, sent me um, a screenshot stating that when people saw this tattoo on her face, that she lost about 200,000 followers on Instagram and counting, to which I say, protect your peace, kings and queens. You deserve that. You deserve that. If you guys don't know the volatility and violence and just headassery that has gone on within Blueface and Krishan's relationship, don't look it up. Consider yourself lucky. I'm not kidding. Save yourself the mental <laughs> anguish. And just just consider yourself one of the luckiest people alive. I wish I knew nothing about these two. Sometimes three. There's a lot of people involved in this relationship. And that's it. I'm done. Okay, moving on. So it looks like we're not going to be getting the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip um, with Caroline and Brandy Glanville. And I had a feeling that this was going to happen because Caroline has been saying since they were still filming that Brandy done touched up on her and she didn't appreciate that. So I had a feeling we were not going to see this footage. And honestly, given what has been um, reported. I don't want to. It actually sounds really horrific. So People Magazine obtained documents the other day from Caroline Manzo of Real Housewives of New Jersey uh, suing Forest Productions, Warner Brother Entertainment, NBC Universal Media, Shed Media, and Peacock TV, basically Bravo. But interestingly enough, and maybe there's some legal, I'm sure there's a legal reason for this but she does not sue brandy glanville directly um and i do feel like that's a little bit worth mentioning but again maybe there's like i'm sure there's like a legal reason for that however people magazine goes on to say that she was claiming caroline was claiming that the network would quote regularly ply the real housewives cast with alcohol cause them to be severely intoxicated and then direct encourage and or allow them to sexually harass other cast members because that is good for ratings so on the night that this alleged incident occurred there are a lot of details that i would encourage you to go to people magazine to read because i'm going to read to you only about half of it and this half is probably like the better half of what i read so on the night of the alleged incident, Caroline says she was making a conscious effort to be kind to Brandy because they had gotten into a fight earlier that afternoon. She arrived on set, Caroline, was noticing that some of the housewives on the trip had already started drinking, some of them seemed visibly intox intoxicated, and that these women were making comments about her breasts, asking if they were real or fake. The night goes on. Caroline and the castmates go to a couch near the bar to watch a snake handler do their thing. At that point, Caroline says that Brandy walked over to her, spread her legs, leaned into her before resting her head on Manzo's inner thigh. And then when she moved away to the opposite end of the couch, Brandy allegedly followed her and, quote, exerting her dominance, kissed Caroline with a closed mouth. Caroline says she recalls feeling very uncomfortable after Brandy kissed her a second time. Documents go on to say that Brandy then proceeded to mount Caroline on the couch, holding Caroline down with her body, forcibly squeezing man, uh, Caroline's cheeks together and thrusting her tongue into her mouth while humping her. And then 
Caroline also claims that she wasn't able to, quote, free herself despite attempts to push off Glanville's body due to the former model's, quote, much greater weight, size, and strength, which was shade. But you know what? Get her, girl. Caroline says she eventually broke free. She excused herself to the bathroom. She was shocked and says that she was triggered because of a past sexual trauma that she had had as a child. And then she says that later... Alex McCord heard what was happening and went to go get to the bathroom to help her and then goes on to say in the lawsuit that she considers herself a victim of those harmful actions and wants to hold the defendants accountable for unlawful contact and to discourage them from continuing to sacrifice their cast members' safety for their own ratings and profits. Because she does say that, like, production in that moment, didn't really seem to care about her feelings. They were more interested in, like, just keep that beautiful bean footage rolling. She also goes on to say that after letting producers know about the assault, she said, I don't want to be alone with Brandy again. But despite that, Brandy still texted her the next morning and said, I'm sorry I made you feel uncomfortable. And Caroline left her on red. And so, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot more information on there that you can read in People magazine. Brandy, of course, you know, she's always going to respond. And she says in a quote from her reps that while filming, she followed what producers asked of her, which I think is interesting wording, and that there was no sexual assault. And she's innocent of these absurd accusations that have weighed on her mental and physical health for far too long without a word of support from Peacock, Shed, or Bravo. Then it goes on to say this painful storyline, storytelling seems endless and needs to stop. She is looking to move on and upward and get her life back. Um, so I find this very interesting. The narrative around this has been the same from the beginning. Brandy's been on the defense. She's been very much downplaying this whole situation and screaming fake news or whatever. Um... Listen, we're never going to see this footage. Definitely, if she said, she said. I'm always in on the side of the victims. And, you know, like, quite as kept, we've seen Brandy get in a physical position with people that they're not comfortable with, like slapping Lisa or touching them or whatever. She does have a pattern of this behavior, so I can't say that it's surprising, but... All of this is alleged because, you know, we don't know. But um, interesting, very interesting. And I, I really wonder what this is going to mean for any sort of Bravo production moving forward. And I think we can say safely that Brandy may have just relegated herself to the, uh, the lower tier reality TV shows. So I know she's already been on family therapy and... Um, well, hopefully they want her for another season. So let's uh, switch things up a bit for our headline of the week. And I could not pick between these two. So I had to do like a celebrity and a non-celebrity headline of the week. Starting off with our non-headline celebrity. No, why do I keep saying that? celebrity and non-celebrity headline of the week? So now for our non-celebrity headline of the week, it is from Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee dog disappears, located at a bar a mile from home, having fun. <laughs> it goes on to say that there's a lady named Jenny Hazard of Milwaukee. She has a 16-year-old Shih Tzu named Bear. She has a couple dogs. She, uh, you know, not to quote uh, 
that Baja men, but she did let the dogs out at one point and everybody but Bear came back. So she's worried because this is a senior dog. You know, she does say that in his younger days he was a runner, but this is, you know, concerning. He's got conditions and, you know, he just can't be out in the cold like that. Right. So Bear, Jenny. Jenny first puts out a little APB on social media, like, please, if you guys find beer, let me know. So she gets a text from a friend of a friend with <laughs> with her sitting at the bar with Bear. Bear was at Fake's Bar in Milwaukee. Um, they don't know how he got there, but they said that when he did get to the bar, he was there with a bunch of girls. <laughs> They were going bar hopping, and they had brought Bear with them. They say that maybe they just picked him up uh, somewhere and took him in and was like, well, how about Fink's Bar? It was about a mile away from his actual home, and I think that is so funny. It was so funny. I'm going to try to remember to uh, put up a picture. Bear belly up to the bar, having a great time. <laughs> Love you, Bear. Love you, Bear. And now for our celebrity headline of the week goes to none other. Then Larsa Pippen, who I have been dubbing the funniest woman alive. Like, she's so funny to me. Larsa Pippen did an interview with Entertainment Weekly and in the wake of her tenure on The Traders. And the headline is, Larsa Pippen says Janelle was jealous of all her screen time on The Traders. <sighs> Imagine spending any, like even a tenth of the amount of headspace in your head that Larsa does to thinking that people are jealous of her. Like I cannot, like, I just, I love it <laughs> outside of the cancer stuff with Gertie. I think Larsa might be the funniest person alive. Like when people say the term they're deeply unserious, that's who I'm thinking of in my mind. Is that what the definition is? Because Larsa Pippen to me is deeply chronically perennially unserious and she's so so funny to me so she goes on to say they ask her what did you make of Janelle Janelle is from Big Brother what did you make of Janelle saying it was suspicious that you were toasting Marcus when he was murdered so if you guys don't watch the traitors um and you don't want to be spoiled don't listen to this part but if you do I'm about to spoil the shit out of it for you so Larsa and Marcus her boyfriend Michael Jordan's son Go on the traitors together. Marcus gets murdered pretty much immediately. They find out who got murdered the night before when everybody arrives to breakfast. Everybody streams in and then you find out who's, you know, who's not there, right? So Marcus dies. Larsa has to explain to everybody she's so upset because her face would not express that itself. That's neither here nor there. We'll move on. But she does a toast to her man, right? Janelle brings this up as a point of suspicion. Like, why would you toast to your man being murdered? That's weird. So they're asking her, why? What did you think about Janelle saying that? I think Janelle was upset that I was getting a lot of camera time. And um, she, what voice is this? <laughs> and she didn't want me off the show because I make good television and she doesn't. She didn't like that. So she wanted me off the show. So she had more camera time. I thought she was weird. From the very beginning, I felt like her personality was weird. She was very selfish, and I called her out on that from the very beginning. <laughs> I just think you're weird. <laughs> when Larsa calls you weird, like, I would take that as a badge of honor. Like, good girl. Because what is normal to you, ma'am? 
Because I don't want any parts of that. Okay? Not one. Not even a half a part. <laughs> Larsa Pippen is our greatest comedian. She should be hosting next year's Golden Globes. Okay? But, and I say it on that. Okay, guys. This is going to be a two-parter. And I'll explain why. But we obviously have to talk about what the fuck is going on with Megan the Stallion. Well, what the fuck's going on with Nicki Minaj and her issue with Megan the Stallion? We got to get into it, right? So um, the other day, Megan dropped an album, a record rather, called Hiss. And in that, she um, just said something along the lines of, um, y'all aren't mad at Megan. Y'all are mad at Megan's Law. And the reference to that, of course, would be that uh, Megan's Law being, if you guys aren't aware, is the law that requires sex offenders to report themselves to the public so that we know who they are. And also, um, Nicki Minaj's husband, Kenneth Petty, is a convicted sex offender. And he's still dealing with it to this day in 2024, currently. Has happened a long time ago. However, this is still a current situation that he is dealing with. Um, so, you know, there are other things were said. I, I would just, you know, kick it on over to Spotify and give it a listen. Give her, you know, your three, three and a half cents or whatever they get per stream. And uh, check that out. So, Nicki Minaj, it is Sunday evening. And this record came out, what, Thursday night? Nicki Minaj has not shut up about it since that moment. She has been ranting, raving, roiling, rollicking on her Instagram live, all up on X.com, really on any platform that she can get her fingers and voice onto. And it's really been a nightmare. Now, I tend not to talk about Nicki Minaj much like well, different from Krishan and Blueface because um, Nikki has this legion of her barbs that are just not worth it. Like, I'm never going to be terrified of a 17-year-old. That's, you know, not the issue. The issue is it's just not worth the vitriol that people receive when they say anything even slightly Uh, critical of one Nicholas Minaj. And so I just like avoid talking to her because I don't, I don't care, you know, like I don't even want to do the effort of blocking people. Okay. But this has gone entirely too far. And I think many of her barbs and former barbs can agree that it's giving mental illness love. And um, I don't know what her problem is. And also it's giving crack, allegedly Coke. Coke, excuse me. Um, so I just, I mean, where do, where do we even begin? I guess we can start with the Instagram live in which, um, if you guys are not aware, Megan lost her mother, like pretty much right when her career was starting to skyrocket. And then she lost her grandmother. It was just like, you know, her life and her time in the eye, public eye, Ain't been no crystal stare. That's for sure. It's been rough for her. And, you know, just to make it all the worse, she's not really had like the two women that she's really been relying on her whole life there with her. Right. (sighs) Nikki. 
So Nikki goes on Instagram Live and she starts to play uh, a part of a response rap to this. And in this, the lyrics are, bad bitch, she likes six foot. I call her Bigfoot. The bitch fell off. I said, get up on your good foot. Which, as a translation, Megan got shot in the foot. So saying, like, get up on your good foot, like, okay. And also, what, she's tall and therefore has big feet? Okay, cool. And then Nikki goes on to post the longest tweet, I'm not even joking, I've ever seen in my life and hope to ever see again. Like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling of her just ranting and raving about all the songs on Pink Friday 2 that have gone well and gone, you know, gold, platinum, silver, tin, sterling silver whatever the fuck rose gold and then she goes on to rant about how megan has been flopping she's broke she doesn't perform well she is a pathological liar and basically she just sucks and nikki's the greatest etc etc and then Nikki really starts getting horrific and talking about how Megan's a liar and she's been lying on her dead mother and just like goes on and on and on and on, like just repeated over and over and over and over and over again. To the point where if you look closely, you can see in these clips of her ranting alone by herself that at one point, seemingly her husband, Kevin, who's Ken- Kenneth, who she's causing all of this drama over um is just looking in the refrigerator <laughs> in the kitchen next door like it, she's just ranting and raving to herself and then it gets even more wild because she goes on to tiktok of all things and i don't even know i don't even have an explanation for this but there is an account called celebrity um it's called i'm sorry celebrity blinds and they got a litany of messages comments on you know you guys know what a blind item is like basically this tiktok account is her reading these blind items that people write right so nikki dms this girl and tells her that she is in a a disease (laughs) like out of nowhere and she's like what the hell is going on a very natural question why would nikki minaj be dming me right now, the interesting thing about this is that celebrities' um, uh, photo profile picture is of Ariana Grande sipping out of a mug. So Nikki takes it out of the DMs and starts manically commenting on this woman's uh, TikTok video as though, well, let me let me let me just read him okay so she goes um allegedly close your legs to married men you are allegedly racist you can't embarrass me because there's nothing you can say that the people haven't heard but now i'll share your quote-unquote alleged tea and the executive is funding you allegedly you do drugs with married executives allegedly and god is about to um pull you down to the to the pits of hell until you apologize allegedly allegedly stop allegedly sleeping with a with married men There's five exclamation points. Allegedly. Your karma is near. My prophecies are always spot on. Repent, wicked woman. Repent. I didn't delete anything. You are allegedly fucking a married executive. Allegedly. (laughs) Don't delete. 
I'm taking a picture of this. She continues, allegedly the executive who's alleged dick you allegedly suck hates you. Stop deleting my comments. You're going to lose this one. Barbs, this is a call to action. Isn't it funny that this ugly, infested worm can't stop talking about PF2 to her? Report, harassment, bullying, ugly. He told his wife about your bald thoughts, allegedly, and then a bunch of crying laughing emojis. And then she goes on to say, allegedly, you've been fucking and sucking a married man, allegedly. It was an alleged blind, deaf, dumb item. Allegedly, the executives, both female and male, make you crawl like a dog and scratch behind your flea-infested ears. And then there's another bunch of crying, laughing emojis. Now, what I took from this is that Nicki Minaj seems to think that this celebrity blind item TikTok account with a Ariana Grande profile picture is, in fact, Ariana Grande. Um, I'm confused because she does go on to say things like, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself for being with a married man. And let me actually find exactly what she said. Okay, well, I'm kicking myself for not saving that. But it was something along the lines of she's doing an interview in a few days. And in that, she's going to be exposing somebody allegedly for allegedly, um, you know, being a homewrecker, allegedly, um, and how they should be ashamed of themselves. Did I mention the part where she said that allegedly um, your husband, your man told his wife about your bald spots, spots allegedly? That's wild. That's really, really wild. <laughs> um, also, it's I forgot to mention that this all came from this woman account reading a blind item that said, this person needs to go to rehab before they go on their tour. And Nikki's about to go on tour for, you know, Pink Friday, obviously. So um, she's about to release a song in just a few minutes called Bigfoot. So part two of this is going to be my review on whether or not that's good. Okay, so so stay tuned. I just listened and I'm going to pull my phone out because I took notes as I was listening to whatever that was, Bigfoot. Um, and I think we're just going to go through the list just real quick, okay? Um, first note, the beat is ass, okay? And that, that needs to be stated. Um, my next note is, I personally wouldn't say that I have better pussy than anyone when my exes are Safari, Meek Mill, and you're married to a sex offender, but go off, okay? Um, the third note being, how do you call her a fragment foot ass bitch? And then also call her a liar about said fragments. Um, next one is uh, she goes on to say that she's got way more tea. And if Megan doesn't to apologize to her mother in 24 hours, she will spill it. The tea that she was spilling in the rap were just like dudes that Megan's fucked. And we all knew that. So, um, okay. She said she was going easy on her, but... I don't know. She didn't say anything that was surprising about me. Like, we all know she fucked you easy. What next? Okay, what now? Um, then the beat stops after about three minutes into, like, a four-minute, 22-second song. And she just starts whispering. And she talks about how Megan doesn't want stuff out. And... That was basically it. The next thing I was like, excuse me, why is there an acapella version of this song? But back to my first note about the beat being ass, maybe that explains it. Um, in the song, she mentions something like, you don't want to get uglier than Ken Barbie. And I didn't know who that was. <laughs> Turns out Ken Barbie's an actual person and not just 
I mean, you know, she's like the Barbie girl. I, it's hard to say, like, what's real and what's not, right? So there is a Ken Barbie, and you can find him on Twitter at It's Ken Barbie. Um, easy. So he goes off in a quite a lengthy tweet, not as lengthy as the one that Nikki did um, to Megan, but this one I think is uh, worth getting into. So we're going to get into it. Um, the fact that I be on this lady mind is funny, but I love this. I get paid for this. Nikki, how are you going to buy anyone's catalog when you have liens on your publishing and your tour deal? You blew your advance from your last tour, and now this tour is collateral, so you're literally about to tour for free because you owe Uncle Sam money. You want to holler that people judge your disgusting-ass husband because they're not used to being quote-unquote loved. But you know who is used to being loved exactly like you? Wendy Williams. He loved her pockets to the end, letting her do all types of drugs so that he could keep digging in that purse while you sit up there looking like an ass. That man is keeping you all drugged up and mixing your coke with horse tranquilizers and Ozempic so that he can make you more stupid while taking your money and letting you look crazy. You have to buy love. You have no room, no room to just, sorry, it's something on my, <laughs> something on my tongue that I'm like, you guys are not going to ever sound like, oh, but you can. Um, you have no room to judge anybody on anything. You have no friends, hence why they got you out here looking like a complete maniac while they yes queen you to death just to keep their brownie points and your nasty ego under control. Your brothers are pedophiles. Your real dad is a drug addict like you, and your little sister is living in the projects. You might be Nicki Minaj on the surface, but deep down inside, you're that hurt little girl that your mom abandoned in Trinidad until you were five, and that's why you hate her. You want to take out apologizing to mothers. Um, you want to talk about apologizing to mothers like you didn't hit your own mom, and as it came out of your own mouth, you still haven't forgiven her. Well, no family, no friends, just coke. <laughs> now, there were, there were a lot of hits. There were a lot of hits in that, more more so than I would say Bigfoot. Um, Ken Barbie also goes on to post not only screenshots, but screen recordings of him, them looking up Onika Mirage, which is her legal name, and that will lead you to some liens uh, that were in standing as of March of 2023. And yeah, it basically confirms that as well. And at this point, I really... Somehow my empathy chip came out and I started thinking, oh, this woman is deeply sad. And by that woman, I mean Nicki Minaj. Like she just, it's like, I don't really want to be doxxed by anybody who, you know, you know, was like 19, you know, cause they have nothing to lose. And, and there were several people online, by the way, who said that they have been doxxed by Barb's, her fan group, um, their family members have been doxxed, that they have been um, just run up on homophobia, death threats, uh, just like weird, weird stuff behind who? Nicki Minaj? Like... This is really another conversation about stands and like the danger of these groups, especially online. And like, really, we could go so far to call it the radicalization of these people and like for what. Um, but that's I don't have time for that today. I haven't written down my notes on that. But I did find myself very sad because I'm like trying to picture my life as Nicki Minaj. OK, this woman has historically had a very difficult time um um, understanding that there are going to be female rappers that come after her that don't need to kiss her clitoris and um, that also they're allowed to be 
as popular or more popular than you through no fault of their own. And that's totally okay. And you don't need to be a hater about that. That's the one thing that I found very weird. It's like, why would you want to openly be a hater? And I know that in hip hop, these like uh, revenge bars and songs and these back and forth and these beefs can be really exciting and really great for one's artistry and their catalog in the long run this nikki is not one of them and also like how many rap beef songs can you have (laughs) where you get eaten every time and this was like a response that you clearly had at the ready um and it's giving hit dog hollers but again let me go back to like me being in Nicki Minaj's apparently small feet, okay? Um, She seemingly gets with this dude and he is supposed to be her protector. Like, it seems like he's sold her a nasty little bill of goods here, right? And instead of this man being her protector, whatever it is that she needs, uh, whatever, right? her husband, her partner in life, you know, her partner in parenting, any of those things. But instead, right at like the time you guys get married and you're whisking this man off to California for what I'm sure is a much better life than he was living wherever the hell, right? He couldn't even do the due diligence of reporting himself as a sex offender in the state of California. So now this man has been under house arrest for basically the entirety of your marriage. What protection are you getting from that? You know, and then you have to think, and this is like truly like not me trying to be shady and gross, but like really let's think about this and unpack. You had a child with this man and there are so many implications that are going to have to go into that and how this child's life is going to be much different from, you know, that of a normal celebrity child. And I'm using air quotes in that, of course, but or any child, celebrity or not. You're going to have to think like, Papa Bear, are people going to want to come to your birthday party? Uh, And this is like on some real shit. Like, are people going to want to send their kids to your house? Probably not. You're having to think about, um, do people even want to live in your neighborhood? Because uh, of Megan's law, you know? Maybe not. That that would very much be a, deter- a deterrent. If I was putting what I would presume would be millions of dollars into my real estate, I imagine that's where Nikki lives. Um, I wouldn't want to live next to a sex offender either. And I wouldn't need to hear the story. And I wouldn't care that it was, in her words, 15-year-old T, which is a psychotic way to describe your husband sexually assaulting a teenager. It doesn't matter that he was also a teenager, but whatever. Um, that I just imagine her life would be very sad and isolating because people don't want to associate with him. And this man still can't get his shit together. You can't even look to time and be like, oh, he's totally reformed and he's a better man. He's a man now. And like we've moved past this. No, because, again, the failing to register as a sex offender is now affecting your entire life. Because he's under house arrest. And what was it last summer? He was trying to threaten Offset and Cardi B. And Offset's uh, just giggling, footloose and fancy free, laughing at a, a, at a private jet hangar, saying, sir, what are you going to do? You can't leave your house. 
I just can't imagine like being married to somebody who y'all can't even have date night. Can he even be in your driveway? Like, I don't like without calling somebody like that's just and I just imagine that's like just I imagine that's made her circle very small her universe very very small and I imagine that's very isolating that I think she's probably made a very bad decision that she's so adamant is a good one and you can love this man but I just everything about their relationship just gives me yeah and like like on a deep vibe level not just like me being petty you know um it just seems like very unholy okay (laughs) unholy um so you know i i don't have anything else to say so with that i guess we're going to move on to recaps of southern hospitality and then the traders hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Ask for me and Maddie to be kosher or like... No, I do not think you and Maddie will ever be on the same page. I think she's viewing you're coming for her or the group is gunning for her or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of defending myself saying like, I did not get my dick sucked. Honestly, so, and that's the end of the day. your dick sucked by the out of the school it be. I'm tired of hearing that same thing over the way. Were you with the girl walking yes, in the alleyway? I don't deny yes. that. Yeah, 100%. You know, but yeah. did I see you getting your dick sucked? No, because I don't know what your dick look like. Did he just All say right, what I think he said? Let's get into Southern Hospitality. I am so thrilled because I kind of thought I was in an, on an island all my own watching and recapping the show, but apparently the uh, ratings are doing really well, better than Potomac and even Miami at this point. Toe-to-toe with Beverly Hills. I'm actually shocked. So, hi. I'm so glad you're listening. <laughs> and if you have friends that watch the show and want somebody who is, you know, recapping it, tell them to come on over to your girl, right? So let's get into this. I gotta say, whatever decisions went into Mikkel not being a main cast member on the show, outside of him just needing to work on his sobriety and mental health, is a crime. Because he is already, like, we've seen him more in this episode than any other one this season, and he's doing more work to push the storyline along than most people. So I'm happy, and I think that Mikkel is a necessary part of this show. So we start off with Mikkel and Brad training together, and he shows him, Brad shows Mikkel that video of Mikkel's boy, Trevor, with that other chick out on the street, twerking, whatever. His jaw is dropped and is like, well, this certainly changes things. Now, mind you, like 40% of the reason it seems like why Maddie is gung-ho and like fully loaded on this relationship with Trevor is because Michelle, M- Mikkel rather, assured Maddie 
he did not do anything that night. Trevor, the girl that was saying that she made out with Trevor, actually made out with one of Trevor's friends. He has been writing and dying on this, and I think he's about to die. So R.I.P. Mikkel, because I think maybe you um, saddled yourself up to the wrong pony. And that's a mistake. But more on that later. Maddie has a scene with her sister. They're like total opposites. Her sister's training to be a dentist. It seems like Maddie's older. And she says that, you know, because of her issues with sobriety growing up, she got sober when her sister was 12. And so she didn't really know what was going on. They didn't really have much of a relationship. And so they're kind of building back up that relationship now. And Maddie tells her sister that, Basically, the whole crew keeps attacking her and how Brad was basically telling her that he was doing all this stuff about Trevor in order to get back at her for saying that he got his dick sucked in the parking lot, right? Which she says a bunch of other people saw. She saw, Will saw, Mikkel, Emmy, a bunch of other people, maybe even Grace. I don't know. So she's going to the Miami trip, but things are strange. And she told everybody like, oh, you guys want to play checkers? I'll play chess. Fuck you guys. Why are you always trying to ruin my relationship with Trevor? But she's also got like, she wants to have a good time, but she also has a bone to pick with many of them, right? Hallelujah. Grace is fully single, free from Liam, because as she puts herself, she's beauty. She's Grace. Lily. This scene with her mom, who's like total mean girls, I'm a cool mom vibes, as Grace is getting ready to go to Republic, she's got no shoes on, just a two-piece outfit from Shein, probably. Her mom walks her to the car and waves at her in the driveway and goes, wavy baby. (laughs) What is going on here? (laughs) So everybody's headed into Republic. It must be a Thursday because the girls are wearing blue and we have established that on Thursdays we wear blue at Republic Garden and Lounge. Emmy, still gunning for Maddie's spot. So here's the deal. Maddie's going to be DJing at Republic Garden and Lounge that night. So Emmy's going to be kind of taking over. Maddie's upset because she was promised by God knows who that Joe was going to be the person taking over for her. So now she's like feeling some type of way. She can't get her ones and twos ready. They're not work. The volume's not working in the club. She's like all a tizzy, right? Emmy is walking around all anxious for reasons. I'm not sure, but they seem, you know, self-motivated, self-started. So they have a team meeting before the night, right? Emmy kind of heads it up as to like, oh, this girl's going to do that. We're going to work this table because, you know, we've been really good about it these past few weeks and blah, 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 whatever. It's really tense. Oshin is like, oh, I didn't realize that this beef with them was that deep, right? Thank God for Grace Lily walking in, I think maybe still shoeless and just posing for everybody. Hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) I came to slay. I came to slay, and I also came late. After the meeting, Maddie tells Chris. Now, Chris is this manager who I think is maybe her manager, but he's not really featured on the show. He's just got, like, a little goatee, and he mostly frowns and mumbles, right? But she tells Chris that she's mad at TJ, Emily, Emmy, excuse me, Will, and Brad, and she tells them, I don't know whose kingdom they think they're in. (laughs) Ma'am. You don't own this bar. Do you know what kingdom you're in? I think it might be Levis. 
not you. Anyway, Emmy decides, like, she's going to be the one to try to break the ice, break the tension with Maddie. So she goes over there during the night. I got you a water bottle. I didn't know if you were thirsty or not. But then she says, you know, I just want to talk. I think we should have a conversation. And Maddie's like, yeah, cool. Not right now, though, right? And when Emmy walks away, Maddie does this hand motion I've never seen before. I'm old at this point. I don't know what the kids are doing, right? But she makes a circle with her hand, right? Like the okay hand, right? But then she blows in the circle, and I just couldn't figure out what that would have meant other than eat my ass. Is that what that means? <laughs> Let me know, you guys. Maddie says in a confessional, she's the one who brought Emmy in. She's the one who gave her a job. She's not the manager or the star. She's the second, second understudy. And that's when I'm not working. So, Maddie, why do you care? <laughs> so then after that night at Republic, Brad and Mikkel get drinks. And Brad tells them all about their trip to Miami. Mikkel says he wants to go, but he's not because he's, like, chilling out on drinking. Miami's probably not the best idea for him. But, like, Brad, if shit goes down, I'm one call away. So Brad asks him, as Maddie's bestie, do you think that there's a path for me and Maddie moving forward? And Mikkel's like, no, no, I don't think you guys are on the right page. And she like really thinks that you're coming for her. But Brad's like, I'm just really tired of defending myself about getting my dick sucked in the alleyway. It didn't happen. And Mikkel says, I'm tired of hearing about it, too. It keeps going brought up over and over and over again. If you did, so be it. And then he says, listen, as far as what I saw, did I see you with a girl walking in the alleyway? Yeah. But did I see you get your dick sucked? No. I would remember what your dick looked like. So Brad's like, oh, well, that's interesting. This is what I imagine. This is what this is what a crisis of conscience should be. Right. Not like what Heather Gay was doing with Tanisha over in Salt Lake. Because Mikkel tells him. I never believed that you got your dick sucked. I was just kind of going with it, and I'm really sorry for that. But Brad's like, no, thank you. I appreciate you for debunking this, you know, on camera. Holler at your boy, right? After that, Emmy FaceTimes Luti Lucia. Lu Lucia, they're getting packed and ready for the trip, right? And she's just telling her, like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to try and make up with Maddie on the trip and says in a confessional that her relationship with Maddie basically disappeared as soon as she and Trevor got back together. I don't think Lucia gives a fuck. I have not, maybe this isn't being conjured up in my mind's eye, but I don't recall a time where Emmy and Lucia have had like a one-on-one -on -one scene or I would not have known that they were friends or even acquaintances at this point. But Lucia's like, uh-huh, yeah, cool, on this FaceTime. I'm, she's just trying to get sexy with Brad, okay? Like, she's just trying to get dick down. She's not talking. Like, she's this is going to be her trip away from her kid. She's partying. She's going to be in a little thong bikini. Like, she's just trying to get, you know, she doesn't care about what you and Maddie are fighting about this time, okay? She's not there. She doesn't care. O'Sheen, Maddie, and Grace barely show up on time to the airport. O'Sheen says he was out the night before. We see footage of him drinking out of a shoe. Like, it's it's bad. He's already drunk, right? Grace Lily says she's using this trip to reconnect with her fun, free, wavy baby self. And then she loses her phone. Like, as they're getting in the car to the hotel. Oh, my God, where's my phone? Where's my phone? And Maddie has to just point at Grace Lily's hand to tell her, you're holding your phone. It's literally in your hand, babe. 
One of the great things about a couple seasons in to a Bravo show when they're starting to get some more advertising money, but not so much that you can quit your job kind of salary, but like enough where your, you know, your Instagram followers are going up and things are getting a little cuter. We're leveling up just a little bit, right? So the second season trip, especially on these shows like, you know, Vanderpump, Southern Charm, uh, Summer House, etc. Not that they ever go on a trip <laughs> to Summer House, but you know what I mean? Like these, I love where they're, we're at the dream hotel tier of uh, Bravo Leopardy Dumb, right? They're so excited. They're so excited to be sharing beds. Like, Joe Bradley's like, oh, Oshie and I have to share a queen-size bed with you? Okay, great. You know, she's like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I really love it. I love our kids, like, scrappy and young, you know? They don't, they don't know yet. They don't know yet. So TJ and Brad are sharing a room, and... This is something I've seen a lot of things behind these hazel eyes, okay? But what I've never seen in my whole life, and I'm thinking I don't want to see it again, I'm still uh, conflicted in my feelings, unresolved. I don't think I loved it, but I didn't hate it, but I also, like, mm, I've just never seen this. I don't know. I don't know. So what happened was, TJ goes over to the table and he grabs some lotion and then he walks over to Brad and puts two dollops on one leg, each leg, you know, one dollop on each leg. And he says to him, you're getting a little bit ashy. So I just, I just feel like if any of my white friends did that to me, I would maybe die. And I might even like unintentionally just like jerk reaction, punch them like rock'em sock'em robot. But I wouldn't even be that angry. I think it would just be, you know, like the ancestors just like lashing out through my body. So I, I'm going to think about that one. I'm still I'm going to think about it. Anyway, Brad tells TJ that he's really tired with Maddie. Right. And he feels like she's just projecting her shitty relationship with Trevor onto all of them. Right. So meanwhile, Maddie's telling Grace in their room that she's here to work. O'Sheen got her a job spinning on the ones and twos down here. So she's just trying to be professional, right? She doesn't, not everybody even knows that she and Trevor are back together, and she's trying to keep it that way. It seems that this is because when she went over to the house for the first time, he, in addition to making her lamb chops and wearing linen, um, bought her a bracelet. Everybody goes to do this team building thing that O'Sheen planned, which is just beach volleyball. He was so intent on having this great experience and everybody bonding and getting along. But he's blackout drunk. You could clearly see it in a little white budgie smuggler just being a dickhead, right? They're playing... And Ocean ends up being like a bad sport because his team loses and he looks over at Mia and tells her, oh, you didn't do anything except fix your face the whole time. And then he's just like flicking her off and tells her, you don't even work here, girl. So you should just go home. You shouldn't even be here. So people are like, yo, yo, you really need to chill. They're like putting their bodies in between them. Mia's looking at him like he's weird as shit. Like, chill out, bro, right? 
you can't talk to her like that. So Brad takes him aside and is like, you really can't do this. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm just being a post bowl. He's Irish. I don't know what accent that was. But, um, you know, they go back and he's like, well, if you guys think that I'm going to apologize, then forget it. It's not going to do that. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to apologize to anybody. So, and they're like, okay. So Lucy also tells O'Shea to chill the fuck out. And he's like, oh, well, you and Mia actually have a lot of in common because you don't have a job at Republic either. <laughs> Which, like, if he wasn't being a dick, that would have been a little bit funny. So Lucy gets actually really pissed off. She's speaking Spanish, telling him to shut up. Bradley's starting to get pissed off because he's trying to get laid by this woman. I mean, be in a relationship with her. So he is going up to Oshin like, no, you really got to chill this time. Maddie starts yelling, yo, you're too drunk. Like, you really need to go home. So he puts his shorts on. He takes a little beach bag and goes. Grace Lily could not give a fuck. Like, she did tell him to shut up. But the fact that she's wearing a yin-yang bikini is clearly priority here. And she needs to get some photo shoots, some content. Because we're in Miami, bitch. Like, I got to show this off on on the grid, okay? He's leaving. (laughs) So then he goes out. He goes to the hotel. He's walking by himself. Maddie finds him out at, like, they've got little chairs set up outside. You could truly tell, like, he's even more blackout now than he was on that volleyball court. Like, I don't know what happened to this dude. And I'm... Like, did they let him walk by himself? I guess not, because there were cameras there. But he looks bad. He looks in a real bad way. So after that, they all decide to rally and go to dinner. Oshin's passed out. Fortunately, he's not there. Joe Bradley says, he's like sticking up for Oshin. I don't think anybody should write him off just yet. He's really not a bad guy. He just has a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. Okay, Joe. Okay. But Mia and Lucy are like, no, 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 we have, like, straight up beef with him until he actually apologizes. And I think that's fair, especially given the fact that he said, I'm not going to apologize to anybody. No, you need to. And he's the host of the trip. Like, be a gentleman, right? So they decide after dinner, let's go out, let's party, let's have fun. They're taking shots off each other's bodies. And it was at this point where I really had to wonder when they had the cast sign their contracts, did they also make them draw a number to see who was going to show their ass per episode? Because I don't think we've gone an episode without seeing anybody and their cakes. It's there's not been one. Brad was getting in the shower the other time the other day. We've seen Will, who is surprisingly caked up for him i would say no offense but um now we're getting it from tj i didn't even know that you could prop up a shot glass not even in between the cheeks but just like you could just wedge it wedge it twixt twixt the cheek not tween twixt that was twixt and have somebody take a shot out of that it was like honestly impressive it really really is are all them body by brads maybe that was part of the contract (laughs) unbelievable so after that they go to this club brad and lucia are flirting super hard but she's like me she's like i don't ever make the first move but like i'm clearly giving out the signals bro what are you waiting for so they go off to the side by themselves and it's giving like very vintage real world right like we're about to hook up you know like the hot guy and the and the 
hot girl in the house are about to hook up at the club, you know? The music's playing, the royalty-free music, and you're just, like, feeling it, right? But you can hear the, the real music behind it. I love that. I love that. So Lucia, like, he's rubbing her legs. We're staying at the Dream Hotel. I want a dream, too, Lucia. Yeah. Lucia's like, I want to have my best fucking fantasy. Ooh, what does that fantasy look like, Lucia? And then he tells her, I'm thirsty for you. (laughs) No. It would have taken me several cocktails to not Kool-Aid my way out of that club at that point. Like, he's trying. He's trying. (laughs) God bless him. That would have given me the ick so fucking bad. But whatever, girl. Like, I've also been in the club and been like, just power through, okay? Just do it. We're having fun. You're in Miami, bitch. Like, you don't even have to take this back to Charleston. You just be like, oh, you know, we had our fun. This was great. It's obviously perfect. Just just get a little kissy-poo, right? Maybe a little, a little cheek clapping. Anyway, um, so then he pulls out his move, right? Because, you know, all the all these Gen Zers, they can't go anywhere without a disposable camera. So he pulls out his disposable camera. Um, you should kiss me in this picture. And she's like, oh, should I? And he goes, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. <laughs> and then they kiss and they're making out real hard. There's a lot of kissing, a lot of mouth, mouth action. And I'm happy for them. Everybody's looking. Oh, look, look at Lucy and Brad. They're, they're kissing. Oh, oh my God. Even though we're like, we're close to our 30s. Oh, look at that. Like, we're 15. Love that. I love that. So the episode ends. It's now morning. We don't know what happened with Lucia and Brad yet because we got to get to Oshin. He's getting this like, like, edit with wooziness, like to display that he's hungover and doesn't know what happened the night before while he's brushing his teeth and all bleary eyed. And he's saying like, basically he's like a really nice guy. He doesn't ever intend to be this way, but he's super nice until he's not right. And he just can't take his anger off on people who rub him the wrong way. Like what? How do they rub you the wrong way? You got pissed off at two women during a beach volleyball game on a vacation to Miami. And you told them that they didn't belong there. And you called them girl several times. And I don't know if you know what the implications of that are in America, but they're not great. So you should think about that. So Mia thinks she's about to open the door to room service and have her little continental breakfast. But then here's O'Sheen with a glass of water, probably about to tell her that she rubbed him the wrong way. And that he's nice until he isn't. So, I hope your excuse is better than that, sir. We'll find out next week. All right, let's move on to the trader. Drink that water. You're nervous, aren't you? No, my mouth yeah, okay. is dry. Okay, Sandra. You're a traitor. You're a traitor. You're a traitor. You're a traitor, bitch. Please. You're the biggest traitor here. Whatever. Okay. Off. Whoa. You off. Let's finish up with the latest episode of The Traders, my fave. So we ended up last week where Phaedra was like in the turret telling Dan and Parvati, basically, I've been playing very fair with you guys. Don't fuck with me. Okay, so we start off this episode 
where Phaedra's accusing Parvati of throwing her under the bus by bringing up the housewives and saying that they have some kind of clique. And Parvati's like really trying to clean up for herself, saying, no, 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 I was only bringing up the housewives to get Larsa out. Phaedra's like, but it pissed me off. And when Parvati says, I honestly didn't know if you were like mad at the round table or were just pretending to be, Phaedra looks at her and goes, I'm not an actress. And I think Parvati wet herself just a little bit. So she apologized. I'm sorry. Okay. But then she says in a confessional, Phaedra, I believe in forgiveness, you know, unless Parvati does it again. Dan is totally scheming on how to use this issue to his own advantage. So Parvati in a, like, uh, you know, white flag situation kicks it over to Phaedra, the decision of who gets murdered tonight like a peace offering, right? So Phaedra says, well, I think we need to kick out somebody who's good at the game and suggest maybe Sandra or Tamara. Dan, his only suggestion is just think about who's going to cause more chaos and confusion. So then we get to breakfast. Janelle and CT get there first. And Janelle tells CT, there are a lot of people who think that maybe one of the housewives is involved. I don't think so because... I honestly don't think there's strategy with them. And then she says in a confessional, let's be real. Like, they don't have the skill or the strategy to mastermind how to murder. Like, babe, <laughs> I think maybe you need to watch the show. Have, have you watched a full series of any one of the housewives? Because there's always one. There's always one. Peter from The Bachelor says the funniest thing. I love when people get too deep in something. This is so different because from The Bachelor, coming from The Bachelor... You have to lead with your heart. <laughs> do you? <laughs> or do you have to lead with your social media following? Anyway, um, but here, you have to lead with your mind. But then he actually does say a lot of smart things. He's kind of the MVP of the episode, which is that the trader, one of the traders has to be a man. And it's probably not Kevin from Bling Empire, and it's almost certainly not Bertie. Okay, and so he starts saying, like, well, maybe it's Dan. So then everybody gets to the breakfast table and we find out who didn't make it but one, Tammy Joe. Sorry, Tamara. She didn't make it. Tammy, Waddle, Beef. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whatever the other one was, judge. <laughs> what did she come on the show with? Tamara? What was that man's last name? Doesn't matter. 
Barney, duh. I had to Google that. And it never occurred to me that she changed her name for the show. I guess I just figured because she says there was, you know, Tammy Knickerbocker. They were like, well, I also go to by Tammy, but you can call me Tamara. So that's why she's called Tamara. Wow. Wow. Remember, do you guys know that LVP was trying to make everybody initially in the early days of uh, Beverly Hills call her Pinky? And they were like, no, girl. We're not doing that. But nice try. Nice try. So anyway, Tamara's dead. R.I.P. to her. And I guess she's feeling some type of way about it and added uh, uh, Phaedra and was like, we're going to have to talk about this. Girl, do you know what show you're on? Uh, Talk about what? She was doing her job. Like, you got to take the personal shit out of it. And also, like, if this is just one of your tricks and schemes, it's not going to work, okay? Don't bother. Don't, Don't even break a sweat over this one because we we don't care okay nobody cares (laughs) nobody cares so she actually when they you know sit the person down who got murdered and you open the letter and you find out that you were murdered she actually starts crying not her crying you know it's it's okay because I got to see a little bit of Scotland and be in a castle and this is really worse than the housewives and I just hope it wasn't a housewife that murdered me (laughs) girl (laughs) go home to annie because y'all are staying down to some like comfort in by the airport in inverness scotland anyway so i mean you're not staying in the castle even though they're making you do that b-roll footage y'all aren't sleeping there so it's fine it's fine Quiet is kept. Apparently, the only person who gets to sleep there is alan they have a little nap station set up for him in the castle somewhere but he's the only one who actually sleeps there and that's just during the day. Like, he has an Airbnb. He has better accommodations than everybody else. And honestly, it should be that way. Like, the berets alone deserve their own quiet luxury space. After that, CT puts on his thinking cap, and he looks over at Dan and is, like, trying to talk strategy with him. Who do you think might be a traitor? Do you have any theories whatsoever? And Dan is still playing it super chill, like a little too chill, and he's starting to get suspicious. People are starting to get suspicious of him. So he's like, oh, you know, like, I really don't know. Like, I'm just still trying to figure things out. And then it starts to click with kind of everybody. Dan is really not talk shop with any one of them. No theories of who he thinks a traitor might be. So it's giving. It's giving. So Janelle and Peter are both like, we are fully seeing through this game that Dan is playing. Peter says, if I was a traitor, I would be playing the game exactly like him. And Janelle knows him from their big brother days. So she's like, I know what this man does. He gathers the troops, he gets his little allies, and then he just like goes ham on them. And that's exactly what he's doing. And what's funniest is that he does it to her immediately. He gathers her and uh, John from the House of Commons and is like talking kind of like little bit of game. I need you guys. You know, we're going to be a little alliance situation. And she's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Sure, I'll do that with you. No problem, Dad. So the challenge for this episode is a bird calling situation where half of the or more of the cast is in the house and they're tasked with waiting with the people who went outside with a map to find these little stations that have bird calls in them. 
over the walkie-talkies, they repeat the bird call, and then the people in the house have to find a little bird decoy. You press the button, and it plays the same bird call, right? And bring it back to Alan. So the only people who are able to get a shield or any sort of immunity are the people who actually go outside with the maps. They had a... um, they sent the B team out with the maps. I will say that. I, I think that's fair to say. We paired Sheree and Kevin together. Why? <laughs> why? 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 Kevin has already been cast off by everybody. Is too stupid to possibly be a traitor. And Sheree, honestly, I think is not that far off. There was a, se- uh, a season of um, Celebrity Big Brother which Lamar Odom was on, and he clearly just signed the paper and has no insight as to what Big Brother was before he walked in the house. And so everything that happens, he's like, wait, what? (laughs) What's going on? Oh, why am I voting for somebody? Like, he had to be taught every step of the way. And this is what Jure is giving. Like, (laughs) But also, like, it's so funny. It's so funny to have these types of people. The other teams are Bergie and Trishel. And really, Trishel's the, 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 um, the one you're having to drag along in that situation. Bergie's really proving himself. And then we have Peter and Janelle, who are the final couple team to go outside, right? So Peter does this whole master plan, and he tells Janelle... People are already kind of thinking that you and I are traitors. So the smartest thing for us to do is not to go for the shield because everybody's going to think that we're out of the three groups, the one who are going to gun for it the most. And then we have to convince the other two teams, whoever wins, we're all in it together to not tell who won the shield of immunity so that the traitors don't find out once this whole challenge is finished. That way there's, like, confusion, and then they can't, like, you know, then they don't know who they can murder. Bergie and Trishel end up getting it. Um, Poor Kevin and Sheree. They're just tasked with getting two bird calls. The the map is, like, a handwritten-style map that they're given, and they're like, we got nothing here. Fuck the map at one point. We'll just try to find these little stations in the woods just randomly. Like, it's not even worth it. And then they get the two and they give each other a high five. Yeah, two for two. (laughs) God bless them. God bless them. So Alan coming after the challenge is done, asks the groups who of them got the shield. But Janelle is like, you know, as faithfuls, we have decided not to reveal that so that the traders don't know. But then Peter decides to pull his own little side mission by telling people that he thinks are traders. He's got like his eyes on people. Shockingly enough, two of the people that he tells are Dan and Parvati, he ends up taking them by the side onto like some sneaky shit, right? And telling them that he and Janelle are the ones who got the shield so that the traitors now feel like, okay, well, we can't vote them out because they have immunity. So we'll try to go for Burger or Trishel and then get hit with the okie doke of being like, oh, haha, you're trying to murder Burgie, but you can't because he's got the immunity. Sorry, bitch. Nice try. And now because I told only you two, I know that a couple of you guys have to be the traitors and now you guys are out. Haha. LOL. LOL. 
So even though Janelle is putting it out there that Dan is a traitor, Kevin has now put his own thinking cap on backwards and seems to think that he has really gotten his crosshairs onto Janelle because he feels like every time there's a heated conversation leading up to the round table about who might be a traitor, Janelle's name comes up and then conveniently it starts like dissipating. And then she ends up getting out and then the people who she's gunning for end up leaving. And he just feels like that's a little too convenient. So Dan and Parvati find out about his theory and they're like, okay, well we need to now get Janelle out for what it's worth. Dan talks like he has a little bubble in his throat or like somebody is like pressing down on the middle of his throat with like a thumb, just like a medium amount of pressure. You hear me how I'm talking now? Like that, that's how Dan talks. Like I just need him to burp, cough, get the, get the little gnomes thumb off of his throat, like whatever it is I need it to stop. And then you guys, I have to admit this was not a highlight for me. And I know that they were hyping this up, but Kate Chastain from season one and below deck fame comes back. I know y'all think that she's an icon. I don't not because I, I just don't know. I don't have any reference for Kate Chastain. And I also felt like my biggest reference for her now is her being on the traders. She was not enjoyable to me last season. I felt like she did not want to be there. She was like very expressive about that throwing games because she didn't want to participate or like break a sweat. And I just didn't find her enjoyable. So this return is not like iconic to me, but if it is for you guys, like I love it. I'm so happy for you. So Kate's going to be tapping in as a faithful. She's going to be at the round table and she's like, you know, I'm a little disappointed that I'm not a traitor this time. You know, I wanted to wear the hood and, you know, but I'm ready to fuck shit up. Okay. Okay. I don't, that didn't happen this episode, but whatever. So when we get to the round table, Alan Cumming, whoever is in the costume department, give them an Emmy next season, next year. They need it. Alan Cumming is giving blue, you know, classic tartan on the bottom and full white silky chicken on top. And I love, I don't understand it, but I want more of it. I do. I really do. So he's telling them, you know, this is going to be a round table that you guys will never forget. And he pulls out the extra chair, tells them that one more player is going to be joining them. And then out pops Kate Chastain, right? She's going to have the power to vote somebody out, but obviously she has no information because she's not been here. So she's just kind of looking to everybody else to, uh, you know, sway her mind on who they think might be a traitor. I'm guessing this is what they had to do at the last minute because of Deontay leaving. They were like, well, let's get somebody else here and let it just be Kate Chastain. I'm assuming that's why we're doing this, but okay. So um, Kevin says, I want to speak first, you guys, and I just want to make sure that everybody hears me because we have a tendency to talk over one another and interrupt each other. So I just want everybody, you know, I want to have the floor, right? And then he tells everybody his theory about Janelle escaping, getting her name called out before. And so Kate asked Janelle, well, who do you think are the traitors? And Janelle says, I think it's Dan... Either CT is a traitor or he's working with them and Sandra. So John from the House of Commons tells Kevin from Bling Empire, you think that, but I don't because I feel like Janelle's been consistent in her behavior. 
but you actually haven't. So now that I think you are a traitor, Kevin, Dan is somehow able to slither his name out of being uh, accused, much like Kevin is accusing Janelle of. So I hope you took note of that, Kevin, for the future. And so Janelle and Sandra start getting into it because Sandra's like, Janelle, why would you accuse me of being a traitor? I think you're a traitor. And then they're like, no, I think you're a traitor, bitch. No, I think you're a traitor. <laughs> I love it. Sandra with whatever unfortunate is going on in her forehead and these braces, these adult braces are really like she and just going off on people and scheming. I'm just loving the whole thing. The whole package. Sheree is the funniest. Sheree is strongest at the round table because oftentimes she completely just follows the lead of everybody else. We've been wrong every single time. And she's like, oh, what the hell, guys? Like, I knew it. I knew we shouldn't have done it. It's like, well, why did you vote for that person then? <laughs> every time. So Sheree this time ends up kind of being the determining vote. And she says to Janelle, if you're a faithful, you're not a trustworthy faithful. So she ends up voting her out. They do tell the other two, like, Bergy, just say who you voted for. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. Bergy does get to say that he voted for Dan because he feels like the only person that Dan has ever put in suspicion as a traitor has been Janelle. And he thinks that's weird. And then Pete also votes for Dan. So they're too, like, hot on his trail. And at first I was, like, forgetting about their mission and thinking, this is really stupid because now Dan's going to know that y'all were, like, going hard for him. But they've got their plan that, like, one of them's got the immunity and the other one is probably not really hot on their trail. So it's perfect. So Janelle gets voted out. She reveals that she's a faithful. And Bergie kind of snaps at everybody. He's like, good job, guys. You're trusting the traitors. Great. Hooray. So Sheree's like, well, I'm just going by actions. <laughs> so after that, they send Janelle away. And then a couple of the girls take Kate over to the board where everybody's faces are to see who's been murdered and, like, just kind of talk game, right? telling them about their experience there. And Kate says in a confessional, I'm just kind of having to laugh at what they're telling me because of how little they've accomplished. But I kind of feel like the same thing happened in your season two, girl. Like you were in the hot seat quite a lot until finally people kicked your ass out. And it, you were also were faithful. So whatever. But did you guys notice that at one point, they're standing there, and she's telling whoever, oh, I wouldn't take a wine cup that Parvati gave me. Like, you have to pour your own wine out of your, into your own cup. But how would she have known that? How would she have known that Parvati was the one who poured the wine? They shouldn't know that, right? How did she say that? Then, after that, Kevin, John, and Bergy are told by Pete from The Bachelor his plan of telling Parvati and Dan that he has the shield when it's actually Bergy that has the shield. So now they're all in on it. They're in cahoots. I'm not sure if Kevin is, you know, fully clicking on it, but he's being told. So he's like, I'm just going to watch and hope that the traitors try to murder somebody and get blocked. So then end of the episode, the traitors are all getting together to talk about who they're going to murder that night. And they ask, do you guys have any idea, any inkling whatsoever of who might have that shield from this today's challenge? So Parvati says, well, I talked to Peter 
and he told me that he and Janelle have the shield, but obviously he's lying. Dan, however, thinks, no, I don't think Peter's smart enough to, like, come up with a scheme like that. I feel like we should murder Bergy, play it safe, maybe go with John or MJ. Phaedra's somehow really good friends with Bergy, and she's like, oh, Bergalicious, I don't want to do that to him. She's like, you know... We got to do what we got to do. At the end of the day, I'm a team player. So if that's the consensus, we'll just go with that. We'll just go with that. And I also forgot to mention the B plot to all of this is that Phaedra's coming for my man, CT. And they're giggling together quite a bit and merrymaking. And I don't love it, but I do love to see the softer side of Sears with CT. And I, I like that. So continue, but I'm keeping my eye on you, girl, because that is my man. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Be back later. Love you. Oh, my God. Vanderpump Rules, y'all. Vanderpump Rules this week. Okay. Love you. Bye.